Looking to sound like you know what's going on in the world? Social strategy, comedy, and other funny stuff? Well, join the club and settle in for the Jeff Dawaskin Show. It's not the podcast we deserve, but the podcast we all need with your host, Jeff Dawaskin. All right, Cole, thank you so much for that amazing introduction. You get the show going each and every week, and this week is a special week. This is our 30th week. That's right, our 30th, 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 30th week. All right. That was me. I can't afford the echo filter. Anyway, but the point is, this is the 30th week. The Jeff Duoskin Show is finally a mature and responsible podcast. That's right. And I'm your host, Jeff Duoskin, taking you through each episode, <laughs> guiding you through what is the Jeff Duoskin Show. And what is the Jeff Duoskin Show? I like to think of it as sort of a mix of pop culture, comedy, interviews with cool people, laughing, social trends, social tips, all that kind of rolled up into one. You know, your basic podcast variety show with your host, Jeff Duoskin, who says his last name differently almost every time he says it. <laughs> all right. I do want to thank everyone for subscribing, liking, sharing, leaving five-star reviews. If you're like, hey, I haven't subscribed or left a five-star review for the Jeff Dewaskin show yet. Well, what are you waiting for? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> go do it right now. Hit, hit pause and go do it. All right. Also, if you want to help support the show, I did sign up for buymeacoffee.com, buymeacoffee.com slash Jeff Dewaskin show. You can buy me a coffee. Say, hey, thanks. I use the money to pay for the hosting, all that kind of good stuff. All us creators, we do this stuff for free. Some people use Patreon. I'm using buy me a coffee because it's not a monthly thing. It's just a one-time thing. Anyway, people were asking, so I signed up for it. Plus, it's it was fun. And then I could say, hey, you want to buy me a coffee? So that's cool. But you know what else is cool? Subscribing, liking, and sharing the Jeff Dewaskin show with all your friends. That's what's super cool. I can't thank you all enough for the thousands upon thousands of downloads that we've had so far. So exciting. Glad you're enjoying it. This episode is really no different. 30th episode, I brought on the amazing Liz Priestley, who stars in the upcoming Netflix movie Concrete Cowboys with Idris Elba. It was originally supposed to be out, but because of COVID, it's going right to Netflix like a lot of movies are. So that's going to be exciting. We're going to talk about the movie and lots of fun stuff. But you know what else is fun? This social media tip. Okay, here's the tip for today. Ready? I got this from my buddy Craig. If you have a show on Spotify, if you're a musician or podcaster, you can go to Spotify, share it to stories, and then there's a link to the episode. What makes it special is usually you can't do a link from a story, especially on Instagram, unless you have 10,000 followers. So you go to Spotify, share to Instagram stories, and you get a little link. It'll say, listen on Spotify. So that's cool. But you can't then share it also to your Facebook. You have to go to Facebook separately, go back to Spotify, share it to Facebook stories, and then that will be there. The reason you want to do it separately is the link on Facebook to Spotify is actually in a better position than the one on Instagram. So you don't want to share the one from Instagram to Facebook. Get the best of both worlds. Just do them separately. Enjoy. And that's the social media tip. A few thank yous I want to throw out there. I want to, I want to thank JVaz, the Fandom Podcast, PVD Cast. All had me on recently as a guest. So thank you and look for those. I retweet those usually at Jeff DeWaskin Show and on my personal at Big Macher. So check those out. Fun conversations, all great podcasts. Also, just want to do another shout out to the Humbly app. It's a great way to listen to podcasts and they donate money every time you listen. I'm in the featured section. So I want to keep mentioning it. <laughs> 
<laughs> as a return thank you to them. So check out the Humbly app. It's a great way to listen and give back. And speaking of giving back, this Wednesday, December 2nd at 9.30 Eastern Time. And then every Wednesday, we're going live, live at 9.30 Eastern Time with, with my crew from the Crossing the Streams. That's right, two of the most popular episodes, bringing my buddy Ron Lippett and Howard Rosner back. And we're going to do it weekly live. But guess what? Great news. Also got two other buddies with me, Sal D'Amelio and Bob Phillips from the Sal and Bob Show are going to be joining me. And then every week after that, we're going to have special guests. We're going to talk about awesome shows that we're watching and give suggestions of TV shows and movies you should binge and keep up with the times and hopefully some hidden gems in there. That's it. It's going to be so exciting. Also, want to pitch the hashtag Roundup app real quick. At the end of the episode after the interview, I'm going to read some tweets, and those tweets originate from a hashtag Roundup Games. So if you go to Twitter at hashtag Roundup, download the hashtag Roundup app, play along, and you never know, one of your tweets might end up on the Jeff DeWaskin Show. All right, so mark your calendars, 9.30 Eastern Time, weekly, on Wednesdays. And we're going to see you there. And we're excited because that's part of the Scene Snobs Network. So we're excited to partner with them for this special live show that we're going to be doing weekly. I also want to thank everyone for their constant support of the sponsors week after week. You know, we can't do it without you. We can't do it without them. And your support means the world. It really does. This week's sponsor came on board. I don't know if you've been stuck at home like me during COVID. You probably have been. And you haven't really gotten your hair cut, but you miss. You miss that feeling of of gossiping and telling the person cutting your hair everything that's wrong with everyone you know in all the places you go. You miss that, right? You miss it. Well, now there's an app. There's a new app. Everyone's signing up. Everyone's leaving Twitter. Everyone's leaving Facebook. Everyone's leaving all the apps and going to Salon Parlor. That's right, Salon Parlor, the only app where you can gossip and gossip and gossip just like you would do if you were getting your hair cut. It's the greatest. You want to tell somebody all about your neighbor and ruin them? Salon Parlor app. You want to bash the person who screwed up your Instacart order? Salon Parlor. That's right. Just go gossip there. Do you have a personal experience at a place that one time they screwed up and you want to just destroy them and have none of your friends ever go there again? Go to Salon Parlor. Yeah, it's the best app ever. You can just ruin whoever you want to ruin. And here's the best part. They don't fact check anything. That's right. Salon Parlor. Freedom of speech, people. Freedom of speech. Just like when you're at the salon, barber, or anywhere you get your hair cut, you say what you want to say. And that's the way it is. Yeah, only on Salon Parlor. All right. Well, if you <laughs> if you need that in your life, for sure, go go for it. Support the sponsor. That's uh, how we keep the lights on week after week after week. Appreciate it. All right. You know what else I appreciate? You know what else I appreciate? You sticking around for the interview. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm so excited for you to hear my interview with the amazing Liz Priestley. All right. We've got a special guest with us today. Star of Concrete Cowboys with Idris Elba. Oh, my God. And then I get this actor and like a violinist and opera singer. Liz is going to sing opera for 20 of the of the minutes of our podcast today. So get ready. Get your head. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, ah, I didn't warm up for that. I didn't warm up for that. I like to surprise my guests with uh, impromptu opera. <laughs> Uh, interesting. You have a very eclectic set of guests then. I like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Liz, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Tell us about your movie, Concrete Cowboy. This movie. I'm so excited. I can't wait for people to come see this. 
whenever that's going to be. But so basically, well, I'll tell you the plot. It's a father-son movie about, you know, it's a 15-year-old boy who's been acting up. He's been thrown out of, you know, another school in a sequence of schools, having a really hard time in his home in Detroit. And his mother, played by me, uh, you know, it's just at the end of her rope. But she's just like, I've done all with you that I can as a single parent. You are clearly floundering. I need to change things up here. And basically, in a desperate move, she drives him through the night to Philadelphia to the home of his father and basically dumps him on his father's doorstep. However, they have never seen each other. They never knew each other. And what he does not know is that his father is the leader in this group of black cowboys in Philadelphia. So he thinks he's going to another city to live with this guy, but he's actually a cowboy. The cool thing about that part of the story is that that's the historical kind of framework that this father-son story is set against because, you know, the black cowboys in Philadelphia, that's a real thing. And where we shot this movie was one of the uh, stables in Philadelphia. And some of the cowboys from that, you know, group are actually cowboys in our movie, which is really cool and adds, you know, a cool layer of authenticity there. But it's, you know, it's a true community that has been there since the Civil War. And it's a wonderful chance to tell their story because, They've been kind of whitewashed out of history and people really don't know, including yours truly. I did not know that this was a real community and I'm Philly born and raised like I have been here my whole life and I did not know this was a real community until I got cast in this film. So that's the story. That's the movie. But it's Idris Elba is playing, you know, the father, uh, Harper and Caleb McLaughlin of Stranger Things fame is playing the son Cole. And like I said, I'm playing the mom. And this is the cool thing part of that. The cool part of that really is that uh, I'm making my film debut with this. So it's kind of a big deal, you know, kind of. <laughs> that is, that is a really big deal. That yeah. is really big. What, tell me more about this community, mm. the cowboy community. I want to hear it. Let's unwhitewash it. It's stunning. When I finally did start kind of doing a deep dive into it and really trying to research more about it, it was stunning, but I'll take it all the way back. So the term cowboy, it's a slave term, which is something people don't know. So for example, you know, if you worked in the house, you were a house boy. If you worked in the stable, you were a stable boy. And if you worked with the cows, you were a cowboy. And at one point in history, almost all cowboys were black. That was for, you know, uh, about 50, 70-ish years. Hollywood then kind of took that narrative and changed it totally. You know, you think of cowboys, you think of John Wayne, you think of like, I don't know, Clint Eastwood, like you think of those kind of big names. But like I said to someone the other day, I said, can you think of a black cowboy in a movie? And he said, the guy from Blazing Saddles and maybe Django. And I was like, yeah, exactly. That's it. You know what I mean? Which is stunning when you think about at one point we were it, but in major cities across the US, not just Philadelphia, these groups have existed. And basically, they're there to keep kids off the streets. They're there to 
give them a place to go to learn, you know, these really great skills of learning to care for animals. And you really do have to go through the whole process. You get there. The first thing you do is, you know, you have to shovel poop. You gotta, you gotta start from the bottom before you ever get on the horse. You know, it's just a really great community, but they're losing, you know, funding. They've got stables closing down left and right. And again, people just don't know that they exist. And it's, it's, sad. Our director, Ricky Staub, was he's not a native Philadelphian, but he was here for almost a decade. His story was like he was in a cab one day and saw a guy riding by on a horse and was like, stop the cab. What is that? Like, And followed him to the stable, started talking to the guys and started getting their story. So he always had a passion for bringing this story to the screen. He has the same agent as Idris. And Idris, at the same time, had said to his agent, you know, I want you to bring me some stories that are uplifting to the Black community. What do you have? And he was like, hey, it's funny. I got this writer, director who's got a script. Let's, I'll give it to you to take a look. And that's how this movie got made. It's all true. It's crazy. I, I, You don't read about it in any of the history books. I have a 13-year-old who's in school and she's like, yeah, this isn't in any of the history classes that I've had so far. And I'm like, yeah, it probably won't be, <laughs> you know? I can't believe that they stole that term. Now yeah. I'm like, I'm heartbroken. This yeah. is this is just messing with me. I, I didn't know that that was, that was where that term came from until, like I said, I, I did the research and I was just like, I had no idea that's where that came from. I mean, yeah, it's stunning. It's stunning. And then, like I said, you think about it and I'm a movie buff, you know what I mean? And I, I even am like, I can't think of many black cowboys that I've seen on screen, you know, other than the ones I already mentioned, I really can't think of it. I, the only other one I can think of is like a TV movie from like the early nineties with like Jennifer Garner before she was famous. Like it's not, you know, it's, it's not a thing. It is, it is sad. It is very sad. It's, you know, kind of one of many other examples where we've just been kind of pushed to the side in our own history. But, you know, the cool thing is that you do have people in a position like Idris, or like Ricky, for that matter, who are able to say, hey, I want to tell this story. And then they have the ability to get that story made, which is like the coolest, you know, and if it hadn't been for them, I wouldn't have, you know, made my film debut. Like, it's all it's all a wonderful thing that that came about. And I really hope that when people see it, I hope that people go, wait a minute, is there one of those in my city? Wait a second. They have that in Philly. Do they have that where I'm at? And because I know Dallas, Chicago, Philadelphia. I know some places in California. There, there are a lot of places. I think more and more of these stories that no one talked about are starting to come out. Like Hidden Figures, I think was. Yeah. Oh, Hidden Figures is a wonderful movie. Yeah, we've we've always sort of been behind the scenes. In a way, not really behind the scenes at all, but it's like, it's funny. It's like you said, the stories are starting to come out. Yeah, I hope they keep doing that. I really do. So do I. The great stories too. Yeah. The truth is always better than the version of history that someone made up for their own benefit. I agree. And and this one, this particular story is, I, feel, I mean, I'm biased because I was in it, but I do think it's told so well. And again, setting it with that story, father-son story lends, you know, an emotional core to it as well. But one of the actual cowboys, so we, we shot at Fletcher Street Stables in North Philadelphia. One of their cowboys plays a lead role in this movie. I mean, and has a very moving 
story that I don't want to give away, but it's about how he came to be part of that stables as a teenager and what ended up happening to him and how he's able to go on and, and also give back to that community. But it's played by one of their actual cowboys. And it's just like, I, I just, I really hope that people come away from this film being like, wow, what other stories are there? What else? You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because there's probably a ton more that we haven't heard yet. I can't wait. Okay. Yeah, so, so let me ask you that you said, I don't live in Detroit, but I am just outside of Detroit. So were you in Detroit filming or anything? No, we had a, we had a, uh, a place in Philly that we doubled for Detroit. And it's funny because I've been to Detroit. I, you know, when I, years back, I did a national tour of a musical and we did a stop in Detroit. We did a stop in Detroit and Flint. <laughs> it was interesting. I think our double is pretty good. You won't see the skyline. <laughs> you don't see the skyline. That's the one thing I was like, well, it's missing that Detroit skyline. But other than that, I think it's, I think it's a pretty good double. I can't get behind fake Detroit, Liz. Yeah, it's, you know. You're bringing a real story to life and you're using fake Detroit. I know. I'm like, ah, oh, come on. I don't know if we had it in the budget. I don't know what the budget was. <laughs> I just know it was low, but, you know, I don't know. But I did laugh because, yeah, when I got the script and I read that, those were my, those were my first two questions was, do I need to get on a horse and are we shooting in Detroit? Those were my first two questions. And they said, yes and no. And I was like, I was hoping it was going to be the other way around, but okay. You know, so yeah. So Liz, when you were in Detroit, where did you play? Fisher, Masonic, where'd you play? Do you remember? I have no idea. It was like, I mean, we're talking 15, maybe 16 years ago that I was long, there. Long time ago. Yeah. Okay. I, I honestly, I don't remember. I just remember it was very cold. It was very cold when we were there because it was like, the middle of winter, there was like a cold warning and they were basically like, don't leave the hotel unless you're like bundled up to here <laughs> because it was like your eyeballs will freeze or something like that. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to stay in the hotel then. You know, it was like something like that. And I was like, what? It gets that cold here? Why? You know, I don't remember where we performed. I just remember it was a nice theater. There were a ton of kids and they were scared of me because I played it. I did play kind of a nasty character. She was called the Sour Kangaroo, so she wasn't very nice. There were like, you know, there was like an army of kids that wanted to come up and kind of tell me off. And then they got like within range of me and just were like, you know, petrified. And I'm like, oh, mm, I'm nice. It was fun. That tour was fun. I was there for two-ish, two and a half-ish months. I was supposed to be there for six months, but I, I was there for about two. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. So um, let me ask you this, Caleb. Did he spill any secrets of the upcoming season of Stranger Things? What's going on? <laughs> what did he do? Did he go like Hooper or Hopper? I know. <laughs> I was like, you have to tell me. And he just, he kept laughing at me. I was like, come on, man. Because at that point, there was no teaser released. And at that point also, so COVID wasn't a thing. So the the assumption was, you know, in about a month, I'm going to report back to set. That was the assumption. So I kept begging him i was like you have to tell me you have to tell me and he'd be like and then he just started laughing because he thought it was funny so he no he was very good at being zipped about that and then of course so we shot august 2019 and then of course you know september october you know the november december was when we kind of were going what's going on with this pandemic thing in china like it was like what and then, you know, by 
December, January, it was just like, oh no, no, there's not going to be a Stranger Things for a little while. I know he just recently went back, but, and I've tried to keep in touch with him. I have his number, but he doesn't respond. Whenever I try to text him, like I saw him on lip sync battle. He was dancing and he like ripped his shirt off. And I was like, oh, it's your mother. Put your shirt back on right this instant. But he didn't respond. <laughs> Maybe 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 he thinks you're you're too motherly, and that's why. I know. I think he was like, "Okay, lady, we're done the movie." So uh, I was like, "Oh no, I thought it was funny." Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm uh, kind of on Stranger Things. So I'll be seeing. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's you know, my daughter and I were talking recently. Like she's like, "Well, mom, like what what shows do you want to do? Like if they open up productions and stuff." And I was like, "Honestly, even if they open up everything, Stranger Things is the show I want to be on. Like I am obsessed with that show, and I didn't watch an episode." Until I got cast in this sh- in this movie, I was like, I should probably watch it, you know, so I could see what he's doing, you know. But you know, I'm obsessed with it, and I'm like, oh, that would be that would be a dream come true right there. You would be amazing in the Upside Down. I <laughs> think so. I could be like a vine creature type of thing. I think you know. I don't know. I don't know who I could be on that show because, unfortunately, and rather fortunately, really. It's so perfectly cast already. I'm just like, I want to play, I don't know, Caleb's aunt or something who gets caught in the upside down. (laughs) (laughs) But no, it's such a great show. And, you know, he does a great job, but I'm excited for people to see. We we bonded, he and I and the director, Ricky, we, the three of us kind of bonded because we were all somewhat in the same boat in that. You know, Caleb's been on Stranger Things, but he's never been the lead in a movie. So he was really excited for people to be like, I can't wait for people to see what I can do. Uh, Ricky, this is his first feature because he's only done a short film. So he was like, I'm excited for people to see what I can do. And I'm like, I'm making my film debut. I can't wait for people to see what I can do. So the three of us every day would be like, can you believe this? Like, you know, so I'm actually, I'm very excited for people to see Caleb outside of the Stranger Things context and really seeing him hold his own opposite Idris Elba because I got to see a couple of their scenes um, up close and personal. I was just like, this kid is 17 years old. I mean, he was when we were shooting. I was like, he's 17 years old. And he's just like, he's amazing. He's amazing. It was awesome. I learned a lot from him, really. Most of those kids are going are having some good follow-up projects. Mm-hmm. The ones in Ghost, the new Ghostbusters, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. I can't, 11, 11? Why can't I remember that? Yeah, she was in, I watched her movie recently on Netflix, Enola Holmes. She's quite good. She is quite good, you know? Yeah, what's the kid that's in It? The main kid, the the one who actually was in the Upside Down. He hasn't done anything, though. (laughs) Or that I'm aware of. Will, he's, so I saw like a preview of a movie i think it just came out or it's like coming out in like a week or two or something i even i was like i saw it i was watching the trailer and then it was like the trailer was almost over and i was like wait is that is that the kid from stranger things like he look he's grown he looks different i'm like who is this kid so i imagine it's going to be a little difficult for him for a little bit because he looks really different than you know like the first season on stranger things he's just he's so he's so cute Right. Oh, he's so like you just want to put him in your pocket and be like, I will protect you in here, Will, you know. And then you see him in the trailer for this movie and you're like, No, you look like a grown man. Like, what's going on? You know. <laughs> weird. It's weird, you know. 
Right. Well, it's weird. Yeah. Cause they're in that, that, that age where they. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they are. They're in that. It, it, that must be so awkward to be a kid and then grow up on film or like on TV and let everybody kind of be a part of that. That has to be very awkward. Those years were honestly like just some of the worst of my life. And I can't imagine doing it publicly. You know what I mean? Like I have a respect for those, for those kids. You know, my experience working with Caleb, I was just blown away at, first of all, I was blown away at the fact that he had like never ending energy because we had a week of night shoots and I kept waiting for him to get tired. And he just never did. I don't know if he was drinking coffee. I didn't see him drinking coffee. He just was like, bouncing off the walls off a of natural like energy and like I don't know enthusiasm I don't know it was crazy and then and then whenever it would be time to go he would just go like he didn't have to be like well, okay hang on let me uh let me just you know no it was just like okay you know and he was just on and you know he's very professional and very funny he's a funny kid yeah like I said I learned a lot from him we we had a day of shooting where he basically had to like trust me with his life. And I was just like, we've known each other five minutes. I'm so sorry. Like, just, you know, just hang on. Cause we were in a car. It was the scene where we're supposed to be driving home. And the car that they gave us was like some vehicle from 1993 that shut down every time you made a left turn. And so they blocked off like a four block radius that was in traffic. So I had to drive in traffic, but every turn was a left turn. So I we had like a caravan behind us with like the mechanic. And so we could only shoot our scene for the duration of the block. And then I'd have to turn and we'd have to cut. And then the mechanic would have to come out and do something. And then we could shoot a little more. And then we'd have to cut and so on. But driving this car was like, not just that it was going to shut down, but I only had like a window like this big in front of me to see, <laughs> to drive. Because of all the equipment and the sound guy in the back and everything. I mean, at one point, I made a turn. The car shut off. We're coasting. And Caleb and I are just kind of looking at each other like, we're just going to keep going. We're just we're just going to keep going. And we're doing the scene. But I'm like, in my head, I'm like, we got to hurry up because I'm not going to be able to bring this car to a stop. <laughs> you know what I mean? But <laughs> it was really scary. It was scary. I was That was probably the most nerve-wracking day. More than meeting Idris Elba was driving that car. So what was Idris like? Are you divorced in the film or you're married? Yeah, we, yeah, we were married young. Um, and I just basically, this is coming from the book, which is the source material here. So, um, but yeah, basically I just couldn't get used to the cowboy way. I just was not in it. And I, you know, up and left with our son to Detroit. So I don't know if we're officially divorced, but we haven't seen each other in 15 years. So that made it very interesting to work with you just because our big kind of scene where we see each other, there's nothing written to say. So I was like, I was nervous because... Yeah, because it's Idris Elba. I mean, you know, and it's like everyone's like, oh, okay, just remember, he's just a guy. Okay, he's just a man. He's just another actor like you are. He's there to do a job. And you're like, yeah, that is true. But it's also Idris Elba. Like, this is the man who people want to be James Bond. Like, it's not just a man, okay? Like, it is, but it's also not. You know what I mean? And so, you know, you're like, 
hyped up and then you get there and they were very kind to me actually my first day was also a day where I didn't have anything written to say but I did have to be on a horse and it just so happens that myself Caleb and Idris are all allergic to horses so that was something that we all three bonded on as well they get Caleb and I up on a horse and I've known Caleb for 30 seconds at this point uh, because none of us met during the audition process, which is very rare. And then they just kind of pull us up to where Aegis is. And he's like a foot away from me. And it's the first time we've met. And it's like, and it's, you know, my first time on a film set in my first movie. And I'm just like super overwhelmed. And I look at him and I go, well, hello, husband. And he goes, well, hello, wife. And I just was like, I'm going to fall off this horse. Like, (laughs) it was the most surreal thing. I've ever had happen in my whole life. I was like, he just just called me his wife and I could die happy. And like, (laughs) I was like, it was surreal. He's very sweet though. Yeah. He, he, you know, he hung out with the Cowboys like around their campfire between takes and after he rapped and stuff. Like he just would sit there. He method man is also in this movie. And so he and Method Man would be sitting there just like freestyling raps to each other in front of all the other. Like at, at, a, at a certain point, you just have to look around and be like, what is my life? Like, how did I get here? You know? Yeah, it was really nice. He said to me, he was like, what have you been in? What would I know you from? And I was like, oh, nothing. This is my first thing. And he's like, oh, I, I get to be in your film debut. And I was just like, oh, oh, like, oh. <laughs> It's it says a lot about him that that would be the first thing he actually would think mm-hmm. to actually put himself in your shoes like that and to react like that yeah. shows how unselfish he must actually be in real life. Like you can't get any better, and then you say that, and you're just like, oh, oh. No, he was he was so sweet. He was really nice. He was just recently married, so I got to meet his wife as well. She's so sweet, and they had like really nice things to say about Philly and. It was just, it was, you know, it was also surreal. It's like the scene that we were shooting where we do reunite, like just off camera, there's like 50, 60 something women. Just, there's like a crowd of just women just off camera. And they're all Philadelphia residents just trying to get a glimpse at Idris. And I was watching him, like watching how he handled it. And I just was like, how do you even block that out? Because every, between every take, Idris, I love you. And he's just like, I love you too. You know, it's like, it's crazy. And then whenever we had to reset the camera and I'd have to go back to my starting place, which was not near him. I had to walk a little ways. When I would be walking, you just hear all these women being like, and who is that? I don't recognize her anywhere. Why is she in this movie? Why does she get to touch him? I don't like her. And I'm just like walking like, oh. <laughs> so that was awkward too. Cause I was just like, they don't know me. Yep. They don't know me at all. You know, and you're like, I am supposed to be here. That is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like leaning out of their, the windows of their houses. And you can just hear them. Like one would be calling from the top window down to whoever was sitting on the front stoop. She'd be like, girl, who that is? I don't recognize her. You know her. And I'd just be walking by like. (laughs) So fun. You could have just made someone up. (laughs) I know. I was just like, I mean. uh... (laughs) It was just, it was really funny hearing them like trying to figure it out. Like they really were like, who is that? You know? And I wanted to just be like, 
No, I'm nobody. Like I, you would not know me. You know, I this is my first thing. But they're going like, is that Carrie? That ain't look like Carrie Washington. Who that is? And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not Carrie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is that that? You don't think they were like, is that that girl from Faithful? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, Faithful was really fun, but that was that was a student film, a college student film that I did because I was like, I need a film credit. Like, I need to get something on here. But I think it was only shown at that college, so I don't know how many people saw it. Which... You never know. You yeah, never I know. never know. And I had fun in that movie, so I hope people do get to see it. It's a short film, I should say that. It's like 10 minutes. It's such a small world. Like, sometimes it's stunning how small the world is, and you'll just be like, like, Perfect example, I show up on the set for this movie and they're like, oh, you know, come with us. We're going to get your microphone on. I said, okay, they're putting the microphone on and I see this guy go past. And I was like, what are you doing here? Turns out I also teach acting classes on the side. The guy that I teach acting classes for was called in to be Idris Elba's dialect coach on the film. And we had no idea that each of us was involved. And he just walked by. I was like, Nakia. And he was like, Liz? Like, what are you doing? It was so funny. And I was so happy to see, like, a friendly face on the set. I was like, oh, somebody I know. But, you know, I was just like, what are you doing here? Of everyone in Philadelphia, they asked you to be his dialect coach. And he was like, yeah. I was like. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I was like, that's wild. But, yeah, it was awesome. All right. Teach me to act real quick, if you don't mind. (laughs) Okay. Just remember how you used to play pretend? Do that. Okay. That's it. End scene. Let me ask you a question, because I, I don't know if the timing would have been right when you were with Idris, but when you were on set of Concrete Cowboys, were you able at any point to make fun of him for being McCavity and Cats? I I didn't know about Cats until after we wrapped, but then I went to see it. Yeah. If you notice, Idris didn't do any publicity for that movie. <laughs> Which I think says everything that we need to say about that. Yeah, I, you know, I, listen, I admire everybody in that movie for taking a chance because, boy, that was a chance. Yes. Well, you you know, when when I heard they were making the movie Cats, my first reaction was, and look, just quick background, been in New York and I've gone to Broadway play, so I'm a big play fan. So it's not like, it's not like one of those people that, oh, I don't like plays. Right, right. I've seen many, 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 many plays. right. Right. I've always thought Cats, this is what Cats does. Cats has an amazing like first song or two, and then it's about 45 minutes before there's another good song, right? So it's like, I was actually on a cruise and they had Cats on the cruise, like full on Cats, you know, like the oh. production. Oh. And even for free, I couldn't sit through it again. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's the worst play in the world. I don't know why they thought it would make a good movie. I don't understand why it's even a musical. And you've seen, if you've seen the filmed musical from like the 80s even that was like now this doesn't work adults jumping around in fur-lined leotards this doesn't work it's i don't know what the idea was or who was on the acid trip but it doesn't work and then this movie takes it to another did you see the movie i saw as much of it as i could stand 10 minutes i saw it and i did because many articles recommended it i did go see it intoxicated which i do feel is the only appropriate way to see it but i did see it i did sit through it i thought 
that I was like imagining the cat eating the roaches and mice with human faces. I was like, okay, maybe I maybe I imagine this. Maybe I'm too intoxicated because I don't feel that this is something they would put in a movie for real. And then I had to go back and read it. No, that was in there for real. It was nightmare inducing. And then I will say the only reason I did want to go see it was because I want to see Idris Elba. I want to know if he can sing. I mean, I know the song, the McCavity song, you don't really have to, you know, you can talk sing it. But I really wanted to see. And the whole time, you know, he's in the trench coat and the hat and it's random with the green eyes. It's random. But I was like, all right, you know, he's still he's still attractive, even as a cat in a trench coat. Then they get to his number. I don't know if he made it that far. When they got to his number and he took the trench coat off and he just looked full on naked. I remember in the theater, my reaction was like, <gasps> Like, not a gasp of, like, oh, like, it was, like, horrified. I was like, whoa, what am I looking at? Like, it was not. Oh, no. I was really embarrassed and upset and just very upset. So, yeah, I don't know what the decision behind that was. But uh, fortunately, that was not a topic of conversation on Concrete Cowboy. Because I don't think that was, he must have filmed it by then but he he didn't say anything about it to me <laughs> yeah if it came out in 2019 he must have filmed, filmed he it he must have filmed um, it he just yeah he didn't say anything about it we we tease the ones we love he's yeah. got so much so much good stuff it's yeah ridiculous. we love you idris and you know it's okay you're still attractive in a trench coat I mean, look, <laughs> I don't know if that was the effect they were going for with that fur that was like skin. I mean, it was perfectly skin tone. It just was like, it was shocking. I don't know what. But he was on The Wire, the great, one of the greatest shows ever. So if he, want, yeah, if he wants to do cats, he can do cats. <laughs> he can do cats. You know, he's Luther. He can do cats. It's all. Exactly. Good. You know. Yeah. We'll, we'll forgive him for that. I did tease him a little bit for being a rapper. I think he thought I was teasing him. I wasn't, but... You know, because he had come out with a, a rap song. He's he does a verse on a song that came out in the UK. But I was I was listening to it all summer. I was like, this is catchy. And you know, I talked to him about it. He was like, I'm not really a rapper. I was like, Yeah, you are. And then I rapped his verse to him, which so he laughed at me. He was like. <laughs> You know, I was like, no, you do it better than I do, Idris. It's okay. But like, you know, I was like, don't be, you better own that. You're a rapper. He was like, uh. That's so cool. Yeah. He, he's a cool guy. He was fun. He's a lot of fun. He's like exactly as nice as you think and would want him to be. You're just like, oh my goodness, you're perfect. Come on, man. <laughs> like, come on. He is. And he would make a great James Bond. I did ask him about that. I was like, I'll never forgive myself if I don't ask you for this. But like, are you going to be James Bond? Like straight up, are you going to be James Bond? You can trust me. I'm not going to tell anybody. Based on his reaction to that, I think it's one of those. He he basically was like, uh, you know, I don't know. I think I think the ship might have sailed on that one. That's what he said. I think I got the feeling he was like, I would have loved to have done it. I'm disappointed that so many people have a problem with it, but now I might be too old. And I'm like, you're not, you're not just do it. No, so James Bond gets, has to be a certain all ages. He doesn't have to be. They rebooted. Roger Moore made a move, a James Bond movie when he was like 63. You're fine. Exactly. Exactly. So Liz, what do you got? What do you got next? Anything in the hopper? Anything coming up? At the moment, no. COVID really kind of slowed a lot of things down. I mean, I'm I'm still auditioning, but I, I am at the moment, because of COVID and all this time I've had at home, 
I am working on my writing as well. So I'm working on a web series and a screenplay that I'm trying to get off the ground and hopefully we'll get them up online somewhere so that I, you know, keep, keep my craft up. But that's basically it. I'm, you know, other than that, I'm just sort of chilling okay. until the movie comes out. I, I need this movie to come out, you know? It's like, ah, come on. So, yeah, that's it. Excellent. So uh, when you're doing the writing, if you write, uh, write about a podcast host from real Detroit. And, uh... Yes. <laughs> no, it's, it's in it. there, Jeff. I'm going to be like, and Jeff, the podcast host based in Detroit, logs on and says... Hello. Where can people uh, catch you on the socials? You can find me on Facebook under Liz Priestley, or you can find me on imdb.com under Liz Priestley, because those are the two places that if anything's going on, that's where they'll be. Okay. Now the women that you imitated earlier who didn't know who you were, flash forward, the movie's out, you're famous, <laughs> close out the show, imitating them, now knowing who you are. <laughs> come on now no i think i think it'll be exciting for them to see their city up there and then once they realize that they have some local people up there they're gonna be like oh okay philly in the house i'll be like yay philly in the house awesome all right (laughs) philly in the house sort of sort of (laughs) philly in the house and fake detroit all right (laughs) (laughs) well thank you so much it was this was fun i had a good time hanging with you oh you so much what a pleasure oh my god how fun was that liz Priestley is amazing love talking with her i'm excited for her movie to finally come out on netflix so keep an eye out for that it's gonna be amazing i'm excited for her and all that lies ahead for liz Priestley. oh i do want to remind everyone to sign up for our mailing list follow us on twitter at jeff dewaskin show go to jeffisfunny.com that's where you can sign up for the mailing list and that's where you can listen to any episode of the Jeff Dewaskin Show. They're all there streaming. You can also go to Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, Humbly app, Good Pods, any any app you use is great. So listen up. Cool. All right. Well, you know what time it is. It's time for the hashtag roundup trend of the week. Oh, gosh. We dug in deep for this one. We pivoted right off our conversation of the movie Cats. That's right. Off the movie Cats. Very excited. The hashtag that we have for you is from Divine Tags. It's a weekly game on Hashtag Roundup. Follow Hashtag Roundup at Hashtag Roundup on Twitter. Also download the free Hashtag Roundup app for Android and iOS. Divine Tags is noon Eastern every Saturday, so play along. This hashtag is Hashtag Hashtag Make Anything Better with Cats. All right, let's make some stuff better by swapping in a cat. As always, don't forget, these tweets will be retweeted at Jeff Dwoskin Show. They'll also be listed in the show notes, so give it a listen. Take care of these good tweets. Show them some love. And all right, here we go. Hashtag Make Anything Better with Cats. Cat Chow, I Met Your Mother. The classic TV show. Great show. Great show. Didn't love the ending. Didn't love the ending. Okay. Oh, the host of Wheel of Fortune, Cat Sajak. Who doesn't love Cat Sajak? Way better than Pat Sajak. Of course. Oh, instead of cops, cats. Bad cats, bad cats. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Bad cats, bad cats. Oh, I hope you guys appreciate my theme song singing. 
Oh, the classic improv show, Whose Feline Is It Anyway? <laughs> the hills are alive with the sound of purring. That's the Julie Andrews classic. But also, uh, I think hills full of cats would just be amazing in general. That would be great. The best way to make hills even better would just be add cats to the hills. Oh, cur- I said a curb your enth- a per your enthusiasm. That's a good one. Oh, here, the Queen Classic. Cat bottom girls, you make the rockin' world go round. <laughs> I think we can all agree I should not be singing. Oh, one of my favorite actors, Cat Damon. Yes, he was in that movie where he went to Mars and made potatoes. Apocalypse Meow. I love the smell of cat litter in the morning. Oh, Egypt, taking us to Egypt with the Great Pyramids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the classic Garfield of Dreams. If you build it, they will purr. And of course, Cat Trek. Everything's better in space with cats. And of course, let's wrap it up with the Leonardo DiCaprio classic, Cat Me If You Can, where he played a conniving cat being hunted by Tom Hanks. All right. Well, that definitely is a way to hashtag make anything better with cats on the hashtag roundup. Grab the app, play along, and you can be on a future episode of The Jeff Dawaskin Show. Well, that brings us to the end of episode 30. Can't believe it's over already. 30 episodes. So many great memories. I can't thank you all enough for joining me along the way. I look forward to all the future ones. Don't forget to follow me, subscribe, like, join my mailing list at jeffisfunny.com. Let's keep doing it. See you next week. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Jeff Dwoskin Show with your host, Jeff Dwoskin. Now go repeat everything you heard and sound like a genius. Catch us online at thejeffdwoskinshow.com or follow us on Twitter at Jeff Dwoskin Show. And we'll see you next time.